so great to be here together, isn't it? Amen. Amen for sure. Just a couple of things I want to share with you this morning. The first one is the most important in my mind is if you're a first-time visitor or you've been coming a while, we want to connect with you. And there's a couple ways you can do that. You can put in the word, text the phone number, 904-441-6900. It should be behind me on the screen. And also, if you have any questions or you want to meet someone in person, you can go out into the atrium to the welcome desk and there'll be someone there to speak to you there as well. Also, if you want to find out what's going on in the life of the church during the middle of the week, you can put that same phone number and put the word news, type that in, text it, and you will see what your paper bulletin gives you will be there as well. If you're like me, sometimes you just want to check it out in the middle of the week to see what's going on. Also, there's a great place for prayer. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you now during the week if you, again, put that same phone number in and put the word in, connect again, and put your prayer request. Someone will get back to you, and we'll be praying for you. Just a couple of things I want to share. This Wednesday, November the 2nd, we will be having on Wednesday night our monthly worship time. And it's the Lifehouse Worship. And I just encourage you to come. We have dinner before, worship, and then a word of God. And you will be blessed. It's a time to come and fellowship together and just pray for our Lord and Savior and for ourselves as well. I just encourage you. Also, drop dead date November 13th is for our Operation Christmas Child for our boxes. So if you haven't gotten a box yet or one or two, boy and girl, I encourage you to do that. It's so much fun to buy the things, put them in the box, pray over them, pray for those kids that will be receiving those gifts. Um, it's just something that, it just blesses your heart, and I just encourage you to do that. Also, ladies, this is our last weekend for ticket sales. Our luncheon is this coming Saturday, and it will be, it uh, starts at 10, doors open at 930 we have five organizations within our community that will be sharing different times. Christ is our hope in the seasons of our life, and that's what it's focused on. The different seasons and the organizations locally will be sharing that with you. I encourage you that. And also our worship leader will be our youth pastor, um, Jeremy Carlton. He'll be heading up our worship. So I encourage you, if you haven't gotten a ticket, please do that. Come out into the atrium. I have to say one more thing about the Gators. We love them. Bulldogs, we love them. They did a great job as well. You guys have a blessed week. Thank you so much. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. My name is Stuart Gregory, and um, I have been asked to stand in some incredibly large shoes this morning as uh, Pastor David is uh, healing and being restored and treated for uh, some disease that he has. And um, so if I make a mistake, it wasn't accidental. <laughs> it was just a, a, miss, a missing element on me. Um, but we're going to uh, sing, and it's one of my old favorites. And uh, Connie, are you ready? Please stand. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the blissful shore, very deeply splained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, from the waters lifted me. 
now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else would help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. His praises sing Love so mighty and so true Merits my soul's best songs Faithful, loving service to, to Him belongs Love lifted me Love lifted me When nothing else could help his will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be, be saved today. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me, love lifted me. good way to get started this morning. All right. Encountering God's Word based on Psalm 40. Y'all may be seated. I'd say I almost forgot. Better late than never. Or you stand while the whole time I talk. So anyway, this is going to be a responsive reading, so I will speak and then the congregation will reply. We have waited patiently for God and he has heard our cry. He has set our feet on solid ground and kept us steady as we journey together. We are the people of God, shaped and molded by the story of God, freed from our sins by the work of Jesus Christ. God calls us to be his servants, and he will guide us and keep us as we go into the world to serve him. God, you have put a new song into our mouths, a song of praise to you. May the world know that you have sent us by the song, your love in our lives. Right. Take my life and 
so you know. Nobody ever walks away from here thinking they did 100%, trust me. <laughs> so uh, a couple of months ago, Pastor Walter sent out an email saying that um, we were behind in our budget giving, and uh, we mentioned it from the pulpit a couple of times, and the, the congregation just responded amazingly. Um, we are, um, we're in the black, which is a lot, a lot far from where we were, and um, and so in a couple of weeks, I'll be bringing you a, a budget for next year. And the, uh, the generosity of this congregation has made it much easier to make that work than it would have a couple of months ago. So we're just very, very thankful for the giving that we've had from the congregation. Let us pray. Father God, we just we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for the, the ability to come to this church, Father, and worship you freely, Father. Father, we just thank you for the the generous congregation that we have, Father. We thank you for the staff that works so diligently for you, Father. Father, we thank you for Pastor David and the, the 17 years of service that he's given for us, Father. Father, we just ask that you be with this family as we go through this, this trying time. Father, we just want to just thank you for the, the offering that we are about to receive, Father, and we just ask that you would take this offering and that you would use it for your kingdom, Father, and that we would stay firmly centered in your will. Father, we just pray that you would bless those who give. Pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I wrote the song uh, a couple of months ago at my office on a Saturday morning. I was um, kind of in a, an immense state of gratitude and uh, just thankful for all that God had done. And so I was sitting at my desk and I usually sing, play, play a couple of songs on my guitar and just you know get ready for work. And this melody came to me and then I was like, well... 
I wrote down some words, and then I grabbed my phone and recorded it so I wouldn't forget it. <laughs> so uh, this song is Holy, 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 and um, I look, I'm thankful to play it for you. Have you ever seen Jesus the way that he sees me? Is there ever a moment that his light would shine on me? Jesus, precious Jesus, let his love rain down on me. Holy, 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 let his love rain down on me. You gave your life for sinners, the greatest one was me. I had no choice to make it. Your bloodshed set me free. Jesus, precious Jesus, let your love rain down on me. Holy, 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 let his love rain down on me. How can I repay you for a life eternity? For God so loved his children that he sent you to die for me. Jesus, precious Jesus, let his love rain down on me. love rain down on me. Jesus, precious Jesus, let his love rain down on me. Holy, 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 let his love rain Let his love rain down on me. And I want to uh, personally thank Stuart for leading um, in David Elder's absence. And those of you that uh, may be visiting today or, or don't know, our worship pastor, David Elder, has recently been diagnosed with a cancer, and he's under treatment now, and he'll be, he'll be out for a, ways, uh, for a while, and uh, we're going to pray for his healing and pray that the Lord will strengthen his family as they go through the uh, several months of very difficult treatment. So, David Elder, if you're watching, we're praying for you, and we love you, okay? Okay, let's, let's get in with the message here. Um, in John chapter 5, Jesus had... Um, he had healed this man at the pool of Bethsaida, and uh, when he did that, the Pharisees came up to him and said, you know, you're healing on the wrong day. Don't you know that Sabbath day is not for healing? 
And uh, Jesus responded to them with this very powerful um, sentence, this phrase. It's recorded in John 5, 17. He said, my father's working until now, and I'm working. And basically what Jesus said is that there's not a day that God's not working. God is working every day, and then I'm joining God in his work. That's what I'm doing here. So God's at work, and I'm going to work right alongside him. So we're following his leading. That's what we do as Christians, right? We follow the leading of the Lord day by day, morning by morning, hour by hour. That's what we do. We're following the Lord. And if you're following the Lord, did you know you're following a plan? Because God has a plan. God has a plan. Okay? He has a plan. This is the plan of God. God's plan is that you have a relationship with him. God's plan is that his presence would fill your heart so much that you would be blessed by having a relationship with the Father. His plan is that this intimate connection is just going to give you an abundant life. That's God's plan. And God's, God's plan also includes that after we finish all our days on earth, whether they be long or whether they be short, that we continue the relationship with him in heaven. That's God's plan, that people would go to heaven and that they'd have life forever with him in his unveiled presence. That's God's plan. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. I need that. But that's God's plan, right? He wants you to go to heaven. That is his plan. And that we would spend forever in joy. That's the big picture. And this fall, as we've been going through the Bible, uh, this series we're calling 517, based on John 517, what we're reminding ourselves as we hit the highlights of the Bible, creation, um, the fall of humanity when sin entered the world, uh, when... Um, uh, when the covenant was made with Abraham that promised the Messiah, when, when the covenant was made with God's people and the Ten Commandments were given, all of these highlights, they're entering the promised land, the kings, uh, the time of the kings when the culture just declined, the exile and the restoration, all these things. This is all about God's plan, that we would have a relationship with him, that we would know our Father in heaven who loves you so dearly. And so uh, last week we talked about the incarnation. God came to earth as one of us so he could show us his fullness. He could show us his love, okay? Uh, and, and while God the Father remained in control of all the universe, God the Son emptied himself, revealed himself to us as Jesus, born in Bethlehem, born of a virgin Mary, uh, adopted by a father on earth, Joseph. And so as we come to this part of the story, I want to talk about what Jesus did while he was on earth. I want to talk about Jesus's earthly ministry. Next week, we'll talk about the sacrifice. Last week, we talked about the birth. I want to talk about what he did here on earth. And so I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four. Uh, I'm going to try to, in the next 21 minutes and 56 seconds, I'm going to try to encapsulate the whole ministry of Jesus Christ on earth. So get ready. You see, Jesus grew up. He was baptized by John. He was tempted in the wilderness. And then he began a very public ministry. And Luke tells us that he went to his hometown, Nazareth. And I invite you to stand with me in honor of God's word as I read from Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 16. And he, and this is Jesus, and he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. 
And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And he sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and receiving and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you so much. You came to earth, Lord, and you did proclaim good news, Lord, that good news of salvation. Lord, help us to receive all that you want us to receive. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated here. So Jesus went to, the, went to the synagogue. You know, he had this, it says, as was his custom. Jesus had a custom of going and being with the people of God every week. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that great when people get to be with the people of God every week? Yeah, I think that, yeah, I know some of you going, uh. I think it's good when people want to be with the people of God every week, okay? I'm just saying that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not judging, I'm just saying it. And then he opened up the scroll. It was Isaiah 61. They brought a big scroll of Isaiah. It wasn't like our Bibles. He just flips the page. There's a big old scroll that's Isaiah. And this is Isaiah 61. It's near the end of Isaiah. And, and to me where he says, you know, he found that place where it was said, do you, you need to understand a little bit about this, that they didn't have chapters in that big old scroll. They didn't have verse markings in that scroll. As a matter of fact, they didn't even have spaces between the words. All the words were put together in that ancient scroll. And not only that, it was all in Hebrew. I can't imagine him finding that passage, but it says he found that place and he didn't read this long passage. He read a very short one and then just sat down. Um, I went to... I, Coming to church on Sunday mornings, I usually ride my bicycle so I don't take up a parking space if I can. And um, usually I stop by the 7-Eleven because, you know, they have caffeine there. <clears throat> and it's nice to get some caffeine before I come to church. Not that I don't love you and you don't brighten my day already, but it's just good to have some caffeine. So I, I stop by there. And there's usually the fellow that is always there on Sunday mornings early. And he said, Pastor, what are you going to be preaching on today? He said, I'm going to be preaching on Jesus. And he said, well, well, of course you're preaching on Jesus. What else? You, what? Said, well, I'm going to preach on the ministry of Jesus. Well, just the ministry of Jesus. And, you know, I know it doesn't sound very exciting. It, it sounds pretty generic and vanilla and bland. But did you hear what Jesus said when he had that school? He said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That's exciting. It is exciting to know that Jesus Christ has fulfilled Scripture, that, that the Jesus Christ who was there 2,000 years ago, the one who proclaimed good news to the poor, he is still proclaiming good news to the poor. And that Jesus Christ who proclaims liberty to the captives, he's still bringing freedom to the lives of those imprisoned by sin. And that the Lord who promised to bring sight to the blind, I believe he's still bringing sight to the blind, and I believe that the Lord who healed the sick, he is still healing the sick. 
The scripture is fulfilled. Jesus is who he is. And Jesus Christ, who proclaimed the favor and the blessing of the Lord, here in the name of Jesus, I'm proclaiming to you that the Lord's favor rests upon you. And he wants to bless you. He wants to bless all of us, you know, if we'll only let him. I, I, have you ever wondered why Jesus came down to earth to do his ministry? Why didn't he just do it all from heaven and just make great pronouncements from heaven? Why did he, why did he come down here to do his ministry? Is it because he had this list he wanted to check off? This is my redemption plan. Check, 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 check. Could it be something like that? Or, or uh, maybe he just wanted to see what it was like to be a human and have the human experience? Why did he come down? Or, or do you think Jesus had some sort of really weird desire that he really wanted to be tortured? He wanted to be mocked and he wanted to die a painful death? No, that's not why he came down. Not any of those reasons are why he came down. You know why Jesus came down? Jesus came down to earth for us, for you and me. Jesus came to earth for you. He came to earth to show us what it means to have salvation. And we are his ministry. And if we are his ministry, the first point I want to make to all of us here, if you're using the sermon notes in the uh, bulletin there, this is the first point. Be his ministry. Let Jesus minister to you. Let Jesus give you, fill you with everything he is intending to fill you with. Let Jesus bring healing and joy to you. Let Jesus bring peace and hope to you. We live in such a performance-based culture. We think the only way people are going to approve of us is if we perform better than anybody else. And we strive to do more and more. And don't get me wrong, action is not bad. We want to marry our belief and our love of the Lord with, with good works. But don't forget this. Jesus loves you. That's the starting point. He doesn't love you because of what you do. He just loves you, and he came down to earth for you. So if he came down to bring ministry to you, be his ministry. Be ready to receive what the Lord wants to give to you. You know, that's why he was sent. Did you know that Jesus was sent here? The Bible says he was sent to earth. In this passage we read, in Luke 4, verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me. He has sent me. The Lord was sent. The Spirit of the Lord was leading Jesus Christ throughout his time on earth. Jesus was sent to bring salvation. That's the next point. Jesus was sent to bring us salvation. We have such, we have such a big God. It's hard to explain a big God to, to just, just uh, someone who hasn't heard about it because it's very confusing for some people, some people think we have three gods, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But we serve one God. We, we serve one God, and he shows us himself three different ways. He shows us as God the Father. So God the Father was always on his throne, keeping the universe going. And God the Holy Spirit, while Jesus was on earth, was leading him, empowering Jesus, God the Son. And then God the Son came down to us. He came to bring us salvation. But Jesus was sent to bring us salvation. John the Apostle said the exact same thing. In his ministry, he said that Jesus was sent. And John the Apostle in 1 John, not the Gospel of John, but 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 13, he says this, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, 
because he's given us his, of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. There is such a unity in the Godhead, such a unity in God. The father sent the son so that you could have salvation. So that's the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was sent to bring you salvation. If you have never trusted in Jesus as the Lord of your life, and Jesus came down, left the majesty of heaven so you could have that salvation, if he, if he, he came down from heaven so you could have forgiveness and a release from guilt, if all these things Jesus came for uh, to bring this to you, why not let Jesus touch you? If you've never trusted in him enough to say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus Christ, as Lord of my life, and I'm going to believe in that forgiveness, why not believe in him today? He spent so much time, so much energy. That was his ministry. You're his ministry. Receive the ministry that he's giving to you. Jesus was sent to bring us salvation. Not only was he sent, I'm going to move over to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 23. It says, Jesus, he went through all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Not just the diseases and afflictions that Medicare approved of. Every disease that came to him, okay? And so his fame spread throughout all Syria. They brought him all the sick. Those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. So Jesus was teaching. He was sharing the good news of God's love. And then it says he touched sick people. Jesus touched sick people. We don't want to get within six feet of sick, people, of sick people, right? We want to be socially. Can you think about what that would have been like? All the diseases that came to Jesus and how that must have looked and how that must have felt as he touched them, how that must have smelled. You know, Jesus, he came. He got close to them. He humbled himself. You see, Jesus served. Part of his ministry is serving the ones he loves. And so Jesus served to bring us salvation. That's the next point. Jesus served to bring us salvation. When he came, Jesus didn't have a throne room. You can't go to the Holy Land and say, this is the throne room of Jesus when he was on earth. He didn't have a throne room. He didn't have a conference center. He didn't have a website. You couldn't go to onlyjesus.com. And not only was Jesus sent, he went and he served. And that was the ministry uh, Jesus said to himself, he said in Matthew chapter 20 is where it's recorded, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he gave his life as a ransom. And that brings me to the next point. And Pastor Sam will talk about it next week in more detail when he talks about the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. But the, the next point I want to bring to you comes from Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I'm doing pretty good. I have 10 minutes left. Romans chapter 5, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so the next point is this, that in being that ministry, realize that Jesus 
was not only sent to bring us salvation, Jesus not only served to bring us salvation, but Jesus sacrificed to bring us salvation because the cost was immense. Salvation is free for us, but the cost was just huge. And he sacrificed in every sense of the world. You know, a sacrifice, a sacrifice on on one side means that it's going to bring some cleansing. And there is a sacrifice. It brought cleansing. It brought atonement. It brought purification of our souls. But also a sacrifice is something that is costly. And it was so costly because you think about that. Jesus took the weight of the sins, all my sins of all my life, all my guilt he took. And he took all of yours for all your lives. And he multiplied that through all the people that are living in the world right now. He took all their sins. And then you multiply that throughout all the generations. Jesus Christ took all that on himself. That was huge. I can't imagine what that guilt felt like. And so when he took that and he, he took that ministry to take the guilt away from us, what does it say to him? What does it say when we have this take it or leave it attitude to the death of Jesus Christ on the cross? What does it say? What does it mean when people say, well, I know Jesus died on the cross and maybe that's for other people. It's not for me. What does that say? To reject that gift, to reject that, that, that tremendous sacrifice for all of us. I just want to say to us, Jesus came for you. So be open to him. Let him touch you. Let him love you. Let him rescue you. That's the first part of this message, a very simple message. Be his ministry. Let Jesus pour into your heart. Embrace Jesus and the amazing life changes that he can bring. Embrace Jesus and the joy and the forgiveness and the healing that he wants to offer to you. And if you've not done that, just write out and say, Lord, I'm missing in my life. Lord, let me look to you to fill in the gaps. And my next point is this. It's also very simple. Do his ministry. Be his ministry. Do his ministry. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 6, this is from the same part of the scroll that Jesus read from just a few verses down. It says, but you shall be called the priests of the Lord and they shall speak of you as the ministers of our God and starts describing the people of God as priests of the Lord. These are the intermediary between the Lord and other people. And they shall speak of you as ministers of our God, servants of the Lord. And you know, that's our job, Anastasia. That's our job. We're to be servants of the Lord. We need to, we need to, we need to share the truth and the love and everything that God wants to give to the world. That's what we do. We serve it up to the world. It says, they shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. Who are they? I believe that they is culture. I believe there is a world that really is interested in finding out about spiritual things and whether God is alive and whether God loves them. And we're to be ministers of the Lord to them. So that I think when people see us, they should see the Father. I think when people see us, they should see the Lord himself and his heart and and his witness. Uh, I love Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 tells us how to do this ministry. In Romans chapter 10, verse 14, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How is our world going to follow Jesus if they don't believe in Jesus? If they think that Jesus is just a myth or Jesus is just a legend or Jesus is just a character written in a book? How are they going to believe in him, call on him when they don't believe in him and then it says and how are they to believe in him 
of whom they have never heard. How can someone have faith in Jesus if they've never heard of Jesus? Increasingly, increasingly in our country, increasingly more and more people say they don't even know who Jesus is. And the word Jesus to them, it's not a person, it's not God, it's a cuss word. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they going to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ? How are they going to hear about this life-changing truth of Jesus Christ if we don't tell them? Let me tell you, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you have trusted in Jesus Christ for six months or longer and you don't know how to share faith in Jesus Christ, you need to get off your pew and, get, and, and start learning how to share faith in Jesus. There's a world that needs to know about it. It is very easy. It is not rocket science. You're just telling people God loves you. Our sin keeps us from God's love, but he made a way, and that was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ took care of the sin problem. So trust in Jesus, and you can find your way back to God. That's the gospel message. You can learn how to pretty it up. You can learn how to, how to make it more effective. You can put all the scriptures in, but let me tell you, the more scriptures I share when I'm sharing the gospel, the more their eyes glaze over. <laughs> I'm just being honest. People need to hear about God's love, and if you don't know how to share, share the gospel, you need to go find al Kador. He'll tell you how to share the gospel. He will. He'll do a good job, yeah. And then, how are they to preach unless they are sent? We need to go. We're sent. We, 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 and we send. That's why we support missionaries. Well, we send missionaries to the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board throughout the world, thousands of missionaries. But that's also why we encourage people to get into uh, volunteering in places like the Wildflower Clinic and the Alpha Omega Miracle Home and the St. Francis House and the Women's Refuge and, and many others. That's why we, we help ministry in Moldova with David and Barbara Crossman and the Hobbies in Montana. And that's why we're helping a church plant in New Orleans and Elkton and Edmonton. That's why we're sending a mission trip to Costa Rica. That's why we help support an orphanage in Haiti. Why do we do all these things? Because we're sent so we can tell the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. And then it says in Romans 10, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We got to go and share salvation. Last I heard, 60% of our county says they do not have a spiritual faith foundation whatsoever in anything. We got to go. Jesus was sent, and when we do his ministry, we are sent. Uh, moving on about the ministry of Jesus and how it affects us. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So just as Jesus served to bring salvation, we serve to share salvation. You know, serving is our privilege. So what, what do we do to serve? What do you do to serve Jesus? What do you do to serve people in the name of Jesus? It's not just doing nice things. It's doing nice things in the name of Jesus. What do you do? What do you get to do? We see here at Anastasia Baptist Church, we say this as part of our core values. Serving is our privilege. We get to serve in the name of Jesus Christ. We get to tell people about Jesus as we're helping other people. What are you doing? we got to serve to share salvation. And then in 1 Peter 2, verse 5, he says, You yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Spiritual sacrifices. 
It's a sacrifice to follow the Lord. Can, can I tell you, I'm so grateful to be your pastor. I'm, I'm very grateful. I love being your pastor. Uh, it's, it's been very fulfilling uh, to be able to serve you. But can I tell you that it takes time. It's a sacrifice. It takes time. It takes a lot of physical and emotional and spiritual energy. And it takes money to sacrifice to serve the Lord. You know, I, I get a paycheck every week. I, I give Every time I get a paycheck, I put 10% into the church because that's what I do. That's what I believe God calls us to do. And I know many of you do that. That I put some money in for the building fund. That I put some money in for the missionaries. You know, and so there's a sacrifice that way. But that's what it's about. It's about sacrificing. We sacrifice to share salvation. It's a cost. I know many of you do the same thing. Many of you do exactly the same thing. So I'm not bragging. I'm just saying it's a sacrifice to serve the Lord, to bring salvation. But Jesus was sent, and he served, and he sacrificed. So we are sent, and we serve, and we're supposed to sacrifice. And I see so many of you in here. I know many of you. You just, you serve the Lord just day in, day out. I'm so grateful for you. But then I also, uh, I know there's probably some people in this room. You think the fact that you came to church here Sunday morning, we ought to be grateful for that. <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody. I'm not, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I'm just saying that following the Lord, it's a sacrifice. And we have to sacrifice as well. See, we are his focus. He had a ministry here on earth. We are his focus, so we need to be his ministry. And then we are his body, so we do his ministry. Um, 2018, I was privileged. David Wilson, I was privileged to go with you to India. We went there. This place in Central Asia, I won't say exactly where it is because uh, this service is uploaded to the internet. We have a daughter church in that country. And I, I was privileged actually to return in, in 2020 and got back into the country just as the pandemic was starting to close everything down. I'm trying to get back to the States and they're changing my flights as things are canceled all the way. But our daughter church has started another daughter church. And one of the reasons that ministry is so effective is because of the lady you see on that picture up there. That lady right there. Now, I don't know her official name, but on the team, I got this from Scott Harrison. He's the one who, who told me this is what her name is. We call her Samina Abwe. That means beautiful grandmother. So she's beautiful grandmother. Many years ago when missionaries came to her village, her husband received Jesus Christ as Lord. And the Hindu people in the village told her husband, said, you will not be Christian. If you, be, if you become a Christian, we will kill you. And so he went back to the Hindu traditions. But on his deathbed, he gathered his family around, told them the story. And he said, I, I didn't follow Christ. I followed the Hindu tradition. They said, you follow Christ. And his family became Christians. And we were looking to start a church in that area uh, with the help of uh, the ministry that David is leading. Um, she opened up her home for Bible studies. She opened up her home. The, a church met in, beside her house. And uh, when we first went there, she was the first in 2018, David. I don't know if you remember this. She took us into her living room and fed us samosas and tea before we went into worship services there. And when Anastasia Church, when you built, when you raised money, several of you gave money 
to buy some property and we built a church building for that church. They raised money and they built another building in this other area. So now there's two churches here and it's on her land. She, she gave that land and, uh, and she gave it joyfully. I remember when I saw her and she came up to me and through the translator said, do you remember who I am? And I said, yes, you're Samina Aboy, the beautiful grandmother. Her eyes lit up and she gave us a hug. And, and I just want you to know, she's touching lives for Jesus. She's using what God has given her to touch lives for Jesus. Jesus came to earth to change your life, to make your life better, to bless you so that you can have life forever with Jesus in heaven and an abundant life here. And because of that, we need to receive what he's called us to receive and be his ministry. But also we're his body. And we need to share that same love and blessing and salvation with everybody around us. You know, I just want to say to you, do his ministry. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. But also be his ministry. How do you need Jesus today? What do you need from Jesus today? Do you need healing? Why don't you pray to Jesus for healing? Do you need forgiveness? Why don't you pray and ask Jesus to show you what real forgiveness, real second chances is like? Why don't you just go to him? You want freedom? He brings liberty. And that comes with receiving him. He wants to be your savior. Would you let him be your savior? You need that relationship with him. He's offering it. My question to you, is your heart open? Are you willing to get everything that Jesus wants to pour into your life? Jesus came to earth and did ministry for you. All of you and me. Let him minister to you. It's that simple. It's that simple. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, I pray if there's someone that needs to come to you to fill the gap in a life, Lord, to fill up a hole that is there, Lord, to minister in a time of grief, in a time of sickness, in a time of guilt, a time of discouragement, Lord, would you... Would you help those hearts to be open, to be ministered to you? And Lord, if there's someone here that needs to take a step of faith, Lord, I pray if there's someone here that needs to trust in you as Lord and Savior, Lord, that say, yes, Lord, I need you, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm seeking everything that you have for me, Lord. And let me just, let me just rest in your yoke, Lord, let me just rest in you. Lord, I pray someone is moving closer to you because it's in you that we all find true peace. Lord, bless us, I pray. In your precious name of Jesus, amen. We're coming to a time of response. And I'm going to be here at the front, and, and I'm inviting you to stand. And yeah, you can do that now. Inviting you to stand. And if God is calling you to respond in any way, maybe it's to to trust in, in him as Lord and Savior. Maybe it is to present yourself for baptism. Maybe you want to be a member of this church and join us on our mission and helping people embrace Jesus Christ. And maybe you just want to pray about something. If God's calling you, you come and come and talk to me during this song.
as we sing. Then he'll call 
me someday to my home far away where his glory forever I'll share so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay As we prepare to depart, go with the blessing of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I challenge each and every one of us today as we go out from this church that we share the love of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Thank you. Thank you.